This is the passage that we will be looking at later on. So we're going to, or at least forms the basis or the inspiration of, of, of part of what is going to be said. So let's turn to read Galatians chapter 5 verses 13 to 26. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 which says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit... You are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that, these who do, that these, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited provoking one another, envying one another. Good to see you. Good to see some old faces. And when I say old, I mean um, faces, faces that I've known personally for over 25 years or more. I always remember um, someone called Barry Thompson used to come and pick people up from Liso Estate, which is... Um, a few miles just down the road, and he used to bring them here for Sunday school. And I was one of those um, youngsters that used to come here. Um, it'll help you if you've got um, the passage open, Galatians 5, verses 13 to 26. Before I start, actually, um, greetings to you from Wallasey Baptist Church too, from Mike Davis and everybody there. They send their love to you. Um, it's not an exegesis. It's not a sermon about all of the fruits, so sorry to disappoint you if that's what you're expecting. Um, something we've been going through in our church in the morning, which is Hebron Church, we've been looking at the fruits of the Spirit separately. Um, and something that's um, stuck out in my mind is one fruit of the Spirit, which is peace. Peace. Before we begin, um, do you know what the fruits of the Spirit are? Do you know them off by heart? Some people do, some people don't. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. <laughs> some people say long-suffering, some people say patient. They mean the same thing. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
Um, today we're just focusing on peace. And what does peace mean? Well, it means to join together. Freedom from disturbance. Tranquility. A state or period in which there is no war. I always remember when I was younger and we had toddlers and we used to read um, a book. It wasn't a Christian book. It was just a, one of these first books for, for youngsters called Peace at Last by Jill Murphy. And it was about Daddy Bear and Mummy Bear and Baby Bear. And Daddy Bear, he was trying to get to sleep. And he went upstairs and his, his Mummy Bear was snoring. And he was like, oh, no, I can't stand this. And then he goes to the baby bear's room, and baby bear's pretending to be an aeroplane. And he's like, oh, no, I can't stand this. And then he tries the living room, and um, there's tick-tock, tick-tock. And then he tries the kitchen, and there's drip, drip. He even tries the garden, and there's like twit to or ribbit. Ribbit, he tries the car and he can't get to sleep and eventually he goes back to his own bed and mummy bear is asleep. Peace at last. And then what happens? Beep, 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 beep. The alarm goes off. What does peace mean? You might remember a famous story from 1914 on Christmas Day. Do you remember? Do you remember what happened? The war had been going on for six months. Millions of soldiers were involved Thousands were injured and died. And then on December the 7th, a very famous person who was Pope Benedict XV, he suggested a temporary truce. And even though lots of the leading countries actually said, no, we won't have this, on Christmas Eve, many Germans and British troops, they actually ceased fire. How amazing. Do you remember the story? And um, there were stories of brass bands joining together, Germans singing. um, And at the first light of dawn on Christmas Day, some German soldiers, they emerged up from the trenches. They approached the enemy uh, across no man's land, calling out Merry Christmas in English. Uh, And the men exchanged presents of cigarettes and Plum puddings, it's been reported, and they sang carols and songs, and some Germans even lit Christmas trees around the trenches. And there was even a documented case of a hearty game of good-natured football. Peace at last. And then we come to the Bible. Do you remember the demon-possessed man? Do you remember in Mark 5, Jesus healing this demon-possessed man? He was tormented. He was... He had an impure spirit within him. Um, People had to bind him. They binded his feet with chains and no one could get near him anymore because he was just so violent and he broke these irons uh, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. And then when Jesus saw him at a distance, he ran at his feet, uh, not Jesus, but the guy fell on his knees in front of him and he shouted out, what do you want with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, why have you come to torture me? Of course, Jesus hadn't. And Jesus commanded the spirit, come out, you impure spirit. He says, what what do you remember? He says, what's your name? And he says, we're called Legion. And Jesus, if you remember, um, there was about 2,000 pigs. I love the story. And the spirit was so violent. What did it do to all of those pigs? It ran them over the cliff and they were all drowned. And I always love this verse, um, Mark 11. Um, What happened afterwards? 
all of the crowd came and when they saw Jesus, they saw this man and he wasn't naked anymore. He wasn't tormented anymore. He was sat in his right mind. And I love that verse, peace at last. So that's what we're looking at, peace. And of course, this was the true peace that this man had received from Jesus, an everlasting peace. And the first question we're going to look at is, do you have peace with God? Three questions. Do you have peace with God? Then we'll look at how do you maintain that peace with God? And then thirdly, how do you live peacefully with others? So do you have peace with God? The Bible teaches that we were all enemies of God, all because of sin. In our school now, in fact, probably across um, the whole country, people don't really use the word sin anymore. It's offensive to people. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Will You For Christ. Will You For Christ were a great Christian organization. They go around all the schools. Um, they speak to people about Jesus, but they don't really use this word sin anymore. So we know that sin is breaking God's law, transgressing against it. And what is God's law? Well, we know that. The commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if we're honest, do we do this even as believers? Of course not, because we're all sinners. We've all broken God's commandments. And because of this, we do not have peace with God Romans 3 says there is none righteous, not one, no one who understands, not one who seeks after God. You see, without Jesus, no one is righteous. No one seeks after God. All have gone astray, the Bible tells us, and each one has turned to their own way. We are full of sin and iniquity. And because of this, we do not have peace with God, unless we know Jesus, unless we believe that he has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And if you're not a Christian, I don't know everybody here, you do not have peace with God. Yet when you live for God, wow, with a spiritual mind, our Father blesses you with peace. Romans 8, it says, for those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. I wonder if you remember, if you're a Christian, do you remember when you became a Christian? Do you remember what it was like? Before I became a Christian, I was 17, I was at enmity with God. I was actively opposed to God. I was rebellious, hostile to God. I'd heard the gospel countless times in my childhood in this church, in the Sunday school upstairs, made professions of faith and tried, but failed miserably. It was just too difficult. 
My inner soul was uneasy and unrestful because of my conflicting ways. You see, I was going after the pleasures of this world. And the, the, uh, it was all short-lived. The excitement, it was all temporary. Temporary happiness. I still found that my inner self, I was at war. And there was a conflict there. A conflict of interest. I did not have peace with God. You see, my conscience was always pricked when making sinful decisions because I knew that I was living my life for my own pleasure and not living for the glory of God. I wanted to be friends with the world, yet the Bible tells us the friendship with the world is enmity with God. And that's important to note. When you live for yourself, when you live to please the world, You are not at peace with God. You cannot have peace with God, in fact. And I was living according to the flesh, living for myself, and eventually God saved me. And when I became a Christian, wow! It was like the weight lifted from my soul, like the internal turmoil had just stopped. And when I put my head down on the pillow that night, just like I had done every previous night of my life, this time it was different. This time, I wasn't trying to block out God from my thoughts. This time, I I was confessing my sins openly, praying to God and asking him for forgiveness. And with this prayer, I knew that all my sin, all my shame, all my guilt, forgiven. Peace at last. Do you remember when you first became a Christian? Peace from a tormented soul. Peace from the shame of what I had done. Peace from the thought that there will be no consequences for all my wrongdoing. Peace from the fear of death. Peace from the fear of going to hell. Do you have peace with God? Having peace with God means to be saved from your sins through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Having peace with God is the assurance that All your sins have been dealt with at the cross. And when you die, it's the assurance that you will go to heaven. No fear of death, no fear of illness, no fear of pain, no fear of hell. How amazing. That is what peace is. Do you have peace with God? What does Jesus say? He says, come. Come to me, Jesus says, And I will give you rest. And when you come to Jesus, he gives you this peace, everlasting. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. Romans 5, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 16, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Isaiah 9, for to us a child is born, to us a child is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
Well, it would be remiss of me to just overlook the point that when you have peace with God, you will also have tribulation with the world. It goes hand in hand. John 16, Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace, but in the world you will have tribulation. But he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. You see, when you come to God as a Christian and live for him, following his teachings through Jesus, then you will naturally get a people and the world that hate you because they hated Jesus. Think about what happened to Christ on the cross. Think about the crowd. What did they do? What did they say? And we know they hated him. Even the religious leaders, what did they shout? Crucify him. That very crowd that perhaps all sang hallelujah to Jesus when he came riding in on the donkey. Perhaps they were some of the ones that turned on him. When you have peace with God, you have tribulation in the world. Let's consider this second question. The first one, do you have peace with God? The second one, how do you maintain this peace with God? Well, you believe in God. You've repented. You confessed your sins. You've been saved from all your sin. Hallelujah. And you have a great sense of peace. But what about when you stray? What about when you fall? What about when you sin? What about when you just feel low? What about when people around you, so-called loved ones, hurt you, purposely hurt you, even betray you? Do you feel peace then? All of those things Jesus felt, how did he react? Did he have peace? Well, of course he did. He was the prince of peace. What about when the sins and stubbornness of others hurt you? Well, the good news is that even in these situations, when you're hurting, when you're drifting away, God promises peace to you. But if you come to him, if you come to him, that's the condition. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times. People have prayed for you as a Christian. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, For God made him who, had, who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Isaiah 32, And the effect of righteousness will be peace and the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forever. If we are in Christ, we are the righteousness of God. We are Christ's righteousness. We are clothed in Christ's righteousness. When God looks down upon you, he sees a perfect, righteous child. Surely that is peace with God. And how do we maintain this peace? Well, three things. The first one, do not fret. Do not fret. To fret means to worry, to be unhappy about something, or to be in constant or constantly visible anxiousness. It's a state of anxiety. 
And why? Why do we get anxious? Why do we fret? Why do we get unhappy about these things? Who knows? Often it's because of things out of our control, isn't it? Relationships or feelings or false expectations, unexpected accidents. Who frets over them? I do. But God says, do not fret. When was the last time you were in this situation? I always remember, uh, <laughs> I remember uh, as a teacher, they said, right, you're going to teach dance next year. I was like, dance? How can you teach dance when you've got no rhythm? And I began to fret and it was terrible and, it was, and I didn't really put God first. But eventually I learned the moves. I, I got... Um, Learned as much as I could. I got the dance teacher to show me the moves. I recorded it. I looked at it over and over and over again. And I did fret. But eventually when I came to God, it made things easier. God says, let the peace rule in your heart. You see, when we fret, anxiety comes into your heart. But God says, let the peace rule. Rule in your heart. This word, rule in your heart, it comes from the word umpire. What do umpires do? They control games. They govern the game. They ensure that everything is right according to the laws of the game. So when anxiety creeps into your heart, be like an umpire and say, I will let peace rule in my heart. God says, do not fret course if you think about when you fretted what good has it done nothing it's only made things worse psalm 37 three times it says do not fret it says do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong sometimes we do verse 7 says do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes And verse 8 says, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. Proverbs 24, do not fret because of evil men or be envious because of the wicked. And of course, Philippians 4, which I'm sure you know off by heart. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, supplication, With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus. How do you maintain peace with God? Do not fret. Two, how do you maintain peace with God? You pray. Pray. But with thankfulness. You see, prayer is not just about asking for the things you need. Prayer is not just about asking for your wants. It's a relationship. Prayer is a relationship between you and God. God knows the desires of your heart. He knows your thoughts. He knows everything about you. He just wants to hear you, pray to him, and he just wants a close relationship between you and him. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. Isn't it great to think, sometimes my wife says, you don't care. (laughs) We, We get this in families. 
those closest to us. But isn't it great to think that we have somebody that cares more for you than even your, your closest friend or closest partner? God cares. It says in Colossians 4, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And again, Philippians 4, it says, let your request be known to God. It says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. 1 Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. That's so hard. Who prays 24 hours a day? I don't. But that's what it says. And you might think to yourself, how do you do it? Is it realistic? Walking in the Spirit of God, like those verses we read, like those verses that were read earlier on, is prayer. Arrow prayers to God. Putting God first in your life. Being thankful. Sometimes you don't know what to pray. Romans 8. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we are, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts, the Spirit, knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes. Also, count your blessings. Write them down. Thank God for your family. Thank God for your home, for your friends, for your church, the weather. I don't know what it was like for you coming here this evening. I drove through rain. The window wipers were on full blast just coming through Liso and then through Morton. But thank God for the weather, for every blessing. Thank God for your comforts. Count your blessings. How do you maintain peace with God? Do not fret. Pray with thankfulness. Thirdly, you can maintain peace with God by meditating on his word. We've got an RE teacher in Hilbury. Zach might know who it is, Miss Boylan. And um, she's great. She's a wonderful person. She meditates. She talks about meditating with the joysticks and all sorts of different things. And it, it's, it's, it all sounds good. And lots of teachers go and they go to the classes that she, she puts on every week. But in the Bible, it says meditate, not on nothing, <laughs> on God's word. Do you read your Bible daily? Do you read your Bible at all? Do you study the word do you meditate on it? Do you take note of Daniel from the Old Testament? Psalm 1. The Christian's delight is in the law of the Lord. Is that your delight? Do you long to read it? And in his law, a Christian meditates day and night. How often does the person meditate on the law of the Lord? Day and night. As soon as you open your eyes, what do you do? As soon as you put your head down on the pillow, what do you do? Meditate on God's word. Recite the promises. Learn verses off by heart. Or if you're very spiritual, learn portions of scripture. Challenge yourself to get closer with God. 
Psalm 1 continues. It talks about um, the great delight of those who walk with God. What shall they be like? They shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit. There's the connection, the fruits of the Spirit. Peace, love, joy, peace. So they, they shall be planted by the rivers of the water that brings forth its fruit in its season. Of course, what is this fruit? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. Psalm 119, your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. Even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. So you can maintain peace with God by meditating on his word. Do you have peace? How do you maintain peace? Final point. How do you live peacefully with others? This is a difficult. Living peacefully with others is sure for living peacefully at home, peacefully with your wife or your husband or your parents, children, siblings. It's sure for living peacefully with those you rub shoulders with every day, your colleagues, your boss, your church family, your friends, and even those people that you don't like, if you're like me. Those people that you don't see eye to eye with. Those people that sometimes they just might rile you. How do you live peacefully with others? Well, before answering this question, we need to be reminded that God's word says that you need his peace beforehand. I used this verse before, Colossians 3 verse 15. It says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. You see, you need peace with God in your heart before you can have peace with others. And it needs to rule in your heart before you can live peacefully with others. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. 1 Peter 3 says, Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace. Pursue it. Seek peace when you've wronged someone. Seek peace when someone's wronged you. Seek peace when you've hurt somebody with your words or your actions. And of course, seek peace if somebody's wronged you with their words or their actions. Pursue peace. That means go after it. Unrelented. Chase peace. You see, when you've sinned or fallen short of God's standard, we seek peace. Romans 8, the mind governed by flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life. That's how we have peace with others. A mind governed by by the Spirit. Matthew 5, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Romans 12, it says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Well, we touched on this thought earlier. If you live by the Spirit, if you're following God, He blesses you with peace. If you're a Christian, you're blessed with this peace 
from God. But the world may not like this. The world may even hate this. You may become persecuted. People may argue with you, try to trip you up. But the advice says, as far as it is possible, live at peace with everyone. In other words, just don't gossip. Don't badmouth people. Don't speak about them behind the back. Don't pick out all the negatives about particular people, but rather be positive, be kind, encourage, seek peace. There's a Bible verse that also says we should proclaim peace. As a Christian, did you know you should be proclaiming peace? Isaiah 52, how beautiful, we sing it, don't we? On the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. How do you live at peace with others? You proclaim peace, you pursue peace, you live life in the Spirit. Tell people about Isaiah 53. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. Proclaim peace. In John 14, Jesus spoke of his disciples. But what he said to them is also relevant for you and for me. He said this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So in summary, three questions. Do you have peace with God? How? Number two, how do you maintain, pay, how do you maintain peace with God? Do not fret. Pray with thankfulness. Meditate on God's word. And then lastly, how do you live peacefully with others? Seek peace, live by the Spirit. Well, I pray that God will bless this to us this evening and that we may be peacemakers amongst our friends and family tonight, tomorrow, in the weeks ahead. Amen.